200 accredited courses and more than 1,000 videos, the Police One Academy is a powerful online solution that provides department training programs with features that reduce time spent on records and policy management, credential tracking, and more. It is law enforcement training made simple and effective. For more information and to get a 30-day trial, visit www.policeoneacademy.com forward slash policing matters. Hello, and thank you for clicking, and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. Hey, this is Jim Dudley. Hey, Jim. As we uh, sit here in my kitchen, um, three days from now, thousands of civilians in Iowa are going to gather in churches and schools and public buildings and even each other's homes to try to convince each other who should be the Democratic nominee to face off against President Donald Trump. Um it's considered the first of the nation's primaries, although by its structure, it's not actually a primary at all. It's a caucus. Um, and it's going to be quickly followed by New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina before this month even ends. Um, or I'm, by way of saying February, before February it ends. So February 3rd is the Iowa caucus, and then those others will follow before the end of the month. Um, there are all kinds of things that go into policing during an election year. And this election year, to me, feels, and I think you'll agree, a little different. Uh, there's a huge field in the Democratic side. And, of course, you have the current resident of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Donald J. Trump, um, representing the Republican side. It's fair to say that passions run high on both sides and that, as it's said in the sporting world, these two teams don't like each other. Um, this presents all kinds of problems. We can talk about when the president comes to visit and all of the complications of the, creating that detail. Um, you got to have the motorcade. You got to have uh, clear buildings. You got to cordon off areas. You got to make sure that you have mutual aid to patrol while you're doing all of those other things. You got to coordinate with the Secret Service. You got to do all of those things, and I'm sure that you can get to it because you you did it. Um, and then, of course, you're going to have the candidates on the other side having events, and they're going to have all kinds of rallies, and there's crowd control issues with that. You don't want a rally to turn into a riot, uh, which could happen, particularly among people who are on the extreme left, you know, the Antifa and the, the, the folks who tend to, over the course of the last few years, turn a peaceful event into a violent event. So you have to be prepared, be prepared for the worst in that regard. Um, and when Trump comes to town, you're going to have you're not just going to have the Republicans and the, and the conservatives out. You're going to have the other side. Generally speaking, if you have a Tulsi Gabbard uh, rally, you're not going to have a whole bunch of conservatives and Republicans shouting down the crowd. Right. Right. But you, but you, each of these events is going to be different. And there's other other complications that go into it. What are your thoughts on how you did it uh, when you were working with SFPD? Well, the First Amendment gives uh, individuals the right to publicly assemble and peaceably assemble. It doesn't give them the right to break windows, beat others, bring weapons, set fires, or those things that um, that some crowds have been known to do. So uh, law enforcement has the authority to separate the two, have staging areas divided, um, barricade areas um it's it's often uh difficult to 
be that neutral party, but you've got to, regardless of how you feel about which which side represents your feelings or not. So, um, the, the every briefing we've ever given said this is our plan, and we had to have a, a well thought out plan. And we and you also have to have some contingency plans in place, um, a pace plan, if you will, mm-hmm. the primary alternate uh, contingency and emergency. Uh, planning. And that's important when you have high profile candidates, you have volatile issues. Uh, right now, the new wrinkle is, well, at, at the time of this recording, the new wrinkle is the possibility of conflict in the Middle East. Right. So not only do we have our homegrown individuals who either love or hate a candidate, <clears throat> but now we also have the wild card of uh, people who may have uh, feelings about a country or an area um, under um, possibility of of wartime um, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, actions. So uh, law enforcement's in the middle, got to be neutral. The planning has to include separation, whether by barricades or by natural design. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oftentimes when there were uh, conflicts between the Palestine and Israel movements, uh, the Israeli consulate was in a building in downtown San Francisco. And the natural barrier that we used was a six lane one way street. So, uh, excuse me, two way street, but uh, three lanes in each direction. And we put barricades uh, lining the sidewalk where we allowed people to uh, congregate on either side, depending on their affiliation mm-hmm. and the natural barrier where cars whizzing by. Yeah. You weren't going to have somebody race out and grab somebody's flag at, for fear of being hit by a car. So right. that was it. That was just happened to be a, a great uh, a resource in the area. So. Uh, Besides the the planning for for these things, and certainly you have your your SWAT contingent, you have the high ground, you have uh, situational awareness of any threats being made. Um, as far as technology goes, this is this would be a great time to use your ALPRs, your license plate readers, uh, for vehicles that may have. Uh, uh, threat potential that you know in advance where you could program your ALPRs to pick up those plates. It would be great if we did have uh, facial recognition to spot people in a crowd, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know of an agency that does that or can. And once we do, I think it'll be a great asset and I think resource. in four years we might be there. I don't, yeah. think that, I don't think that that technology is baked fully yet. No, but uh, when it comes, it'll be a great resource. Yep. Otherwise, you have human officers looking for human faces, looking for um, <clears throat> suspects that they might have heard or seen uh, at a briefing. So, um, and then if you are personally involved in a candidate or an issue, know your department, your agency's social media uh, policies about endorsing candidates, about wearing their buttons, about showing off your uniform with a banner or a flag or a poster. Um, certainly detach yourself when on duty from any affiliation. But some social media policies may involve 
uh, uniform or your behavior on or off duty. Yeah, and I would I would actually take that a step further, particularly for this year, and and encourage officers who are politically involved to do so kind of like the duck's feet under the water. Do the work, get the stuff done, but try and do it with as little visibility, outward visibility as possible. You can do a lot. I've worked on many campaigns where no one knows what you're doing, but you're contributing to the campaign of your chosen uh, candidate. And I think that given the, the political heat around Donald Trump, and it's no secret that a great majority of cops do support Donald Trump, I would say maybe more than 65%. Um, so it's, you don't, I, I would, personally, I would suggest as a civilian, um, I've not ever had the problem that cops out there have, that this would be a good year to do your political activity in a way that is less visible than maybe you might have done so years before. It's just a, a word of caution because it, it, in my way of looking at the world, very little good can come of you visibly demonstrating your political affiliation on either side, really. If you are a, a Democrat uh, police officer, it's not going to do you a whole lot of good among the Republican group. And if you're a Republican officer, it's not going to do you a whole lot of good on the other side either. So it's it's a good idea, I think, to be a little bit less visible this year and see what happens on November 3rd. And, you know, maybe you know, the gates open again. You can, because if he gets reelected, now you could say anything you want about him. You know, <laughs> you can basically be, I'm glad he did it. You know, like that's okay, I think, you know? Yeah, just don't do it in uniform. No, don't do it in uniform, for don't sure. Do it. Don't yeah. put a bumper sticker on uh, your take-home car. Right, Have exactly. Have a bit on your, your radio car. Um, yeah, I mean, I in those election years, um I, I don't like bumper stickers on my car anyway, yeah. so I, I I chose not to support a, any candidate or party on my personal vehicles, and certainly not on our our radio cars. Yeah. Uh, one last thought that I I failed to mention earlier, as we kind of get out the door here, um, is and I, you kind of touched on it. Enforce the law. You know, uproarious words, words that cause you know violence. Um, we're going to burn this place down, you know, like all of the things that can get said at some of the rallies that we're going to see. Um, and again, you mentioned, you know, breaking of windows and physical actual uh, violation of the law. But there, you have to nip things in the bud before things kind of get mushroom out of control. That if you know that there's going to be a speaker that's going to potentially say some awful stuff, Maybe you might want to approach them and say, hey, I just want to remind you that there are certain things that are against the law to speak. It's not constitutional to say, hey, it's a fire in a crowded movie theater. It's not constitutionally protected. And there are certain things that you you, you can say, look, please keep your, you, you have every right to speak, but just keep it down to a reasonable level. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, we've we've seen those kinds of things happen uh, in, in the San Francisco Bay Area when um, you have ultra conservatives come out to speak at uh, um, educational institutions. That said, we had the political powers telling law enforcement not to enforce uh, uh, the law by taking people into custody or interfering between two groups. Mm -hmm. And it looks awful. It looks terrible. Um, 
run up UC Berkeley and um, protests, and you'll see exactly what I mean. Yeah. Uh, it happened up in Oregon as well, where uh, cops are standing by while people are getting pummeled. And one reporter goes up to a radio car and says to the two cops, hey, that guy is getting the bejeebers beat out of him. Aren't you doing anything? And the cop turns to the video camera and says, hey, ask our chief. Yeah. And apparently the chief got his marching orders from the political will. Right. And we've had some uh, political representatives from mayors to supervisors, uh, people on the board of supervisors in the Bay Area, uh, even right here in San Francisco, where after a contentious election, uh, we had a, a supervisor throwing up double birds and shouting profanities about the Police Officers Association. And uh, the the rules of uh, decorum are out the window. Um, you've got to follow whatever your agency's policy is. Oh, sure. If your chief tells you, uh, you're there to stand by, do not go in the crowd, do not take action, or you will be sanctioned, then you've got to follow those directives. Yeah. Sad to say that that's true. Um, what's going on in your jurisdiction? Do you have a candidate in your jurisdiction based there? Uh, what uh, what kind of activities uh, do, you, do you have to deal with with regard to election headquarters and protecting it and all of that sort of noise? It's going to be an interesting year, Jim. Um, send us an email. Policing matters at police1.com. That's policing matters at police1.com. Thank you again for listening. <laughs>